Hi there, my name is Tom Bell and welcome to my 5-Minute Friday podcast. It is December the 3rd, 2021. Um, I'm an ethics consultant with expertise in willful blindness and I'm the author of a book called Lions, Liars, Donkeys and Penguins, The Killing of Alison. The book is a true story about the events surrounding the suicide of my sister Alison following a period of abuse in the care of an NHS mental health hospital. I am also a former whistleblowing NHS manager. I was just recalling, you know, my Google Photos was scrolling up and down, and I was recalling the weekend that we'd had, my wife and I, just before lockdown. It was the end of November 2019, and we'd gone to London. Now, I'm not a huge fan of London, lots of reasons for that. I'm not a fan of cities in general, really. But we'd gone to see um, the Radicals, if we can call them that. Um, William Blake exhibition was on at the Tate, and the... London Calling exhibition, which was celebrating 40 years since the release of the London Calling album, that was on at the London Museum. And I kind of convinced Debbie that this would be a good thing to do. She's always wanted to go to London, so we thought we'd combine it with a bit of sightseeing, a go on the big wheel, you know, as you do, and a ratchet around a couple of museums. Um, and on that Friday, it, it was kind of surreal, really, because everything stopped on the Friday afternoon, and there were these rumours flying around and bits on social media of somebody with a narwhal tusk. I mean, what is a narwhal? You know, hey, um, look, you can Google that one, can't you? But somebody with a narwhal tusk was fending off a terrorist on London Bridge. The terrorist ultimately got shot, I believe. And it was it was incredible, but weird, weird weekend. The weekend of the radicals, I think I would call it. Um. I love the work of William Blake. If you're not familiar with his work, then um, I would really encourage you to introduce yourself to it. Um, if you are familiar with it, you will know how pertinent it still is to, to life and the world that we, we see around us now. As for Joe Strummer, well, legend. Um, they say you should never meet your heroes, and I only saw the guy play live once, but it left a lasting impression. It also left me with ears that were ringing for a week. I couldn't hear a flipping thing. Um but yeah, I mean, what a what a it was a kind of crazy and wonderful weekend, all in all in one. And it made me think about that word radical, what what we mean by radical. It's often used in a disparaging way, isn't it? So Blake was a radical. I think Strummer was a radical. The guy on the bridge was a radical, wasn't he? The one with the fake um, explosive belt strapped on him. Um, it feels like a bit of an abused term, doesn't it? Does it just mean somebody that wants things to be different? Um, does it? Can it mean something positive? Uh, does it have to be associated with negative things? I kind of... This is a thorny one, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, into, I'm, in, I'm in many minds about this, actually. I think if you look at a radical, is it simply someone that has the courage of their convictions? However wrong those convictions are, I'm not. I'm not condoning. I'm not um, sympathising with with the stabbing of innocent people or the killing of innocent people in any respect. But are these? Is there a sense that we should respect radicalism, where it, however it emerges, because it is about people having the courage of their convictions, or in the case of terrorists, should we say, well, actually the whole thing hinges on a myth, doesn't it? That the terrorism, certainly the, the terrorism myth in, in relation to um, Islamic fundamentalism seems founded on the myth that there is a God. 
and that there is a right way and that there is a religion. In, in, it almost thrives on a sense of willful blindness, doesn't it? To some degree, I wonder what that relates to in terms of mental illness. Do we say, I myself was a born-again Christian for a number of years. Thankfully, I'm reformed now. I've seen the light, the real light. Um, but I remember being surrounded by people who, they used the word faith a lot, you know. Faith, you couldn't question somebody's faith. Faith was about belief, belief in the unknown, belief in the uncertain, and, and you chose to believe in it, and that was therefore faith. And it kind of feels a bit like justifying the reason for believing a fairy tale. Do we continue to respect people's faith? Should we respect people's faith? Because it just feels like a, a sort of a justifying, a legitimization of nonsense, really. Um, is, you know, I, I think, is it is it time? Well, is it ever time? I don't know. Gosh, is it time just to say, well, that we can't continue this way? We can't continue to respect faith when faith is pretty much flying in the face of every bit of scientific evidence that we have. And of course, those people with faith will say, well, yes, you need to have faith about faith. And and yeah, I'm going on in a circle around that, but I'm, I'm still puzzling this out in my mind. If you have managed to listen to this for the end of five minutes, then um, thank you for listening. Maybe I should have done a longer one, maybe next time. Eh? Do feel free to get in touch. Uh, you can also visit the Humanity and Integrity in Public Services website at hipss.org.uk, or you can email me. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter at Tom in Cumbria. Or you can send me a connection request on LinkedIn. Stay as safe as you can, as sane as you can, and solvent if possible. Have a good weekend.